0: Hey everyone, welcome to Coasters and Creators. I'm your host Aaron Johnston, and here we go behind the brand of influential creators shaping theme park social media. Today, we go in a little different direction. We have on Katie Lynn Reynolds, who is a luxury travel agent, but she also specializes in Disney vacation travel. Let's get started. You are a travel agent. Yes. Yep. So last season we had a few travel agents on, and they were heavy Disney. So i'm interested to hear perspective from someone who you know maybe that's not the core business
1: yes and um, it it used to be but now i've kind of just turned a new leaf and kind of went a different route you know
0: tell yeah. me about that tell me the why i guess
1: so i started as disney so during covid um during the COVID times before everything kind of went back to normal i went to disney nine times so yep. throughout the course of that my husband and my best friend were like um why don't you do this we had one friend that was a travel agent and they were like, they kind of ganged up on me a little bit. And they were like, why don't you sell travel? And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I can't do wait, that. I'm like, I. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait. Let's go all the way back. Let's go back. Okay. You yeah. went to Disney nine times during during the COVID period.
1: Yeah, because we were. I mean, I was just going to work and I was bored. And I was like, <laughs> let's spit we can go. Okay. We can fly down for like 100 bucks on Southwest. Let's let a room it yeah. Pop. We
0: we're, we're basically we were, paying we were, you to come. But yeah. at that point. Yeah, know?
1: it was so cheap. And we we had a couple of my friends at Enial Passes. So we were like, we might as well go.
0: Yeah. So So had you been a theme park fan before? Yes. Yeah.
1: So um, tell me about
0: that real quick before we get deep into the travel agent story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up, um, I'd say about 30 minutes from Cedar Point in Ohio. So going to Cedar Point was just my life. It was like everything we did as a kid. Um, And I remember there was one year when I was, I think I was 14 or 15 we went nearly every single day that summer because all of my friends had cars and we had nothing else better to do so we just went to Cedar Point every day and yeah. then of course getting into college i was like my friends were then into disney and i was like okay we can do this but i'd gone to disney a couple of times as a kid um yeah. and of course in high school so then going to disney was more of a it was more of a luxury in college because it yeah. was obviously we had college money um so i actually took my husband for the first time um in oh gosh i want to say 2018 and then we went again in 2019 and he was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little Disneyed out at this point. I took him yeah. one more time and that's, he's yeah. only been three times, but he respects that. And he lets me go whenever I want at this point. Like it's, it's so much fun and there's so much nostalgia behind it, I think.
0: So are you still, um, from a theme park interest side, do you find yourself kind of wanting to go back to more of that Cedar Fair kind of park? Or are you solely, if we're doing theme parks, we're doing Disney?
1: So we, I still haven't done Cedar Point post-COVID just because of how crazy life got. Um, yeah. But I would say Disney's just more, I feel like there's just more nostalgia there with Disney. And like more childhood. And I guess it's more, it is truly more magical because of course Cedar Point and the Cedar Fair parks are just coasters. In my sure. opinion, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more to them now. I feel like, um, like yeah. me and my husband, we were supposed to go tomorrow night, but it's going to rain. So we were actually going to go to Halloween weekends, but we're like, eh, it's going to oh, rain. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those factors too. With Ohio, you have to factor in the weather for a lot of those things. <laughs>
0: I guess take me back to, okay, so that just kind of wanted to establish that baseline. So that makes sense. You're going to Disney multiple times during COVID. Someone says, hey, why don't you do this for a living?
1: Yes, yeah. Both my best friend and my fiance at the time—we were not married yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a month before our wedding, and so my best friend was like, "You should just do it. Look at the agencies that you've booked with." Because I was booking with a couple different agencies at the time. Okay. So I, I looked at a couple different ones, and then I was like, "You know what? If I can just make enough money and book our own trips and make the commission on that, then why not?" Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So absolutely. it was kind
1: of like a—it was kind of like a blind jump.
0: How long are you Disney only as a travel agent?
1: Oh gosh, that lasted maybe two, three months. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. My agency, the agency that I um is like that I signed up with, they do their tagline used to be Disney and more, but now it's get out there. So now we book all sorts of things. So I joined Knowing Only Disney. And then I, I was like, you know what? I want to learn the all inclusive world because I was in the middle of planning my own honeymoon. Okay. So then I just jumped into learning learning more and just soaking it all in and learning more of the all inclusive and cruise space.
0: So are you full time travel agent at this point?
1: Not in not in twenty twenty one, not at this point. Okay.
0: So, how did that how did how in the world did you move from that to, hey, where well, this is a full-time thing, This is all I'm doing?
1: So kind of uh, to point back to like Maddie's episode, like it, travel agency, everyone thinks it's a part-time gig until it becomes full-time work. And that's really what it turned into. So so I was working full time. And then last summer, actually, I made a move to a different. I made a move company wise. And at that point, I, I told my husband, I was like, I'm gonna tough this out for a few months, but we're gonna see if my travel paychecks ramp up a little bit. And they did. Um, I was making more than my salary in travel. So I said, oh, I wow. would like to try this for six months. like give me give me a couple of months. Let me test this out. and i I quit my job, and by December, I was making a lot I was making a lot.
0: <laughs> it was a quick yes. ramp up.
1: yeah, it was a quick growth.
0: I don't want I don't want to get too deep into it yeah. yet, but what just in general, what do you yeah. attribute that to?
1: I would say social media social okay. media and just we, having, yeah, like an influence out there.
0: That is perfect. Cause we will get to that here in a few minutes.
1: Perfect. I know you're like jumping too far.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. I'll, 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 yeah. here's the thing. I really want to know yeah. how that happened because mm-hmm. I know it kind of blew up on you a little bit from what, yes. from what it sounds like. Yes. Um. So but we'll get in that in just a second. Let's step back since we're, we're primarily, we're primarily focused on theme parks here. Yeah. I want to know just in general, what is, so we've said if you're if you're if you're going to theme parks, you're probably going to Disney.
1: Mm-hmm. What's
0: your favorite park?
1: I'm a Magic Kingdom girl through and through.
0: Magic Kingdom, why? Yep. Why, why are you? Why are I, you Magic Kingdom? I'm I'm I'm, I'm Epcot totally.
1: How oh, you? I you Epcot stands, <laughs> man. You throw it in our faces. I, I there's well, just we're something. just hey,
0: you know you know what you know what Katie, we're just better than everybody else.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. That's what it mm-hmm. is. All my Epcot friends, they're Enneagram threes, and yeah. I'm the only Enneagram three that uh, is not an Epcot, and I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. Well,
0: do you have um, a uh, you have a favorite attraction? Okay, what's, so, what's a favorite for you?
1: I love the people mover and I love pirates. Those are my two must dos when I'm there. Mm,
0: okay, that's your favorite. Yes. What are you if you're if you're telling me? Let's just say I'm a client of yours, and I ask, what's the best in the Magic Kingdom? What are you telling me?
1: Ooh. Okay, well, I would say you're gonna spend your morning getting on that people mover, <laughs> and then you're gonna. <laughs> Because you, you want to see that first look of the castle going around that curve. That is just mm, chef's kiss. Um, That's so hard. There's so many good things. I would say if you're oh, okay. older, Space Mountain. If you're yeah. younger, you're going to want to hit like aerials and oh, goodness. That's so hard. There's so many good no, things. No, I'm with you. I'm with things. you. <laughs> at, at
0: one time, at one time, I would have said I would have told someone Splash Mountain. That's yeah. what I would have said. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where that leaves me today.
1: Right. That's Maybe so we'll hard.
0: find out next year. We'll-
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see what Tiana's comes to be.
0: Hey, so I know you've, so obviously, obviously you know your theme parks and you've been doing this for a while. Do you have like a, an attraction or a, a show or something that's, that's no longer around that you actually kind of miss? Ooh.
1: Um, I mean, I know that this is like a thing of our generation, but wishes it, this is so nostalgic too, but I remember my sister crying watching it because we were so excited to be at magic kingdom. So yeah. I would say, I would say wishes.
0: Okay. No, that's a, I don't think that's out of bounds at all. I really miss Wishes. A lot yes, of people love yeah. Happily Ever After. I really, yes. I really miss Wishes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they're both phenomenal, but Wishes is still like, it's like childhood.
0: So when we, when we're talking theme parks, what, what aspect of theme parks are you most interested in? Maybe not, this is, again, this is kind of stepping back from Travel Agent Katie, and this is just, this is just yeah. Katie. Yeah.
1: Um, I would say all of the things that come with it. So like the outfits, the, the planning, the getting ready, I'd say just all of the little aspects that go into it because it's so fun to, you know, know that I'm going to Disney. I need my tiara. I need my shirts. I yeah. need to plan out what I'm wearing each day. Like I think just the little planning that goes into it and then just being there and having the memories of, Hey, i I know I've done this like 10 times, but I want to do it again. That <laughs> sort of thing, you know?
0: Yeah. So are there trends in that, in that area? That you kind of like, that you dislike, that you see uh, when you're at the parks?
1: Um, I love the Disney bounding sort of thing going on right now, but I don't have the patience for it. So I love watching everyone else do it from a distance. <laughs> what
0: do you mean you don't have the patience for it?
1: I I want I just want to wear a t-shirt and be comfortable because I know I'm going to sweat. It's going to be way too hot. In like, In Orlando? Yeah, but like yeah. I'm gonna respect the people that are gonna wear the fluffy dresses and like put on like their dapper dan outfits. Like I totally respect it. I want to watch it from a distance.
0: Oh, it's an effort. It's yeah. an effort. It's oh, one 100%. of those things. It's absolutely one of those things that you see that you think, man, that's a that's a great idea. That's really cool. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it comes down to it. You think, well, why, why would I do that?
1: Right. Yes. Exactly. That? Yeah. I'm like, I I would sweat too much, and I don't sure. I don't like to do that. So that's
0: good. <laughs> so, you, so obviously you've been going to you've gone you've been going to theme parks for a long time. How is your perspective on theme parks? How's that evolved over the years?
1: um I would say it's more of a it's more of a full on experience now. Whereas back then it used to be like let's get everything done, mm-hmm. um and it's more of like let's sit down, experience the sounds, the sights, and just kind of take it all in.
0: Yeah, you, I guess I guess when you go often, it kind of has to evolve to that, doesn't
1: it? Yes, yeah, yeah. You kind of get sick of. I don't want to run to the rides every two minutes. That's it gets old. And it's-
0: and it's funny that that's when you kind of find out what you really do and really don't like.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. You're
0: not just doing it to check a box. You're, you, you kind of have to say, okay, we've done this so much. I just have to, I have to enjoy it now or yeah. I don't have to enjoy it. one or the other. It's one of the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How have you kind of maintained that enthusiasm for, um, for doing what you do? I know it's, a, I mean, I know now it's a business, so yeah. mm-hmm. the changes a little bit and maybe that's what the driver still is, but is there a good part of you that says, Hey, we just really enjoy doing this.
1: I think I really just enjoy it. And recently I just took my husband's family. So I took them last August and then I just took them about three weeks ago. And I think seeing the magic through their eyes, as lame as that sounds, like as a mom comment, but like seeing the magic through their eyes gives you a whole newfound appreciation for it.
0: Well, that's that's perfect because what I wanted to ask is is there if you could point to just one thing in your in in, in a lifetime of, of park visits, is there one memorable or unique experience that you just you always it's your kind of your go-to memory
1: um yes which is super super it's what i wanted my entire life but my husband actually proposed to me on main street no way yeah so we went it was so cute it was so cute (laughs) he was so nervous though that i had just gotten how many
0: many people did he have to knock out of the way to do that
1: it was the the day of a halloween party so you know the crowds are lower that day of course sure um, sure. but we had just gotten there and I actually had still out on fresh spray tan and I was really upset that he didn't let me shower first, but here we are. Um we just well, got we off on a mansion. We can't we can't have it all. Oh, I know completely. I was like, I was just so excited he did it in general, but we just got off Haunted Mansion. He was like, can we just get pictures over with right now? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're driving me nuts. Okay, we'll get one picture because our our plan was we were going to go back to the hotel and shower after we did Haunted Mansion. And so we did our one picture and he said, he kind of said something to the photo pass and I was like, no, he's not right now. I was like, there's no way. My best friend was actually tapping in her magic band to enter the park at the time, like at this yeah. exact moment. And I was like, she's not here. He's not going to do it. And he did.
0: Whoa, so you had some sort of inkling that this was. Oh, gonna yes. Happen?
1: Oh, yeah. I okay. I wanted it to happen. I didn't know if it was going to happen.
0: Did he know that you had some sort of inkling that it was going to happen like this?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. OK.
0: OK. Oh, oh yeah. Right, he I knew
1: he knew that's all I wanted in our relationship. Okay. And like growing up, that's it all I wanted.
0: Why did you think it was going to happen? It wasn't going to happen then.
1: Oh, because he plays games understand he's he's wild i'm like he was probably gonna play a game with me and propose like one of his shows or something like that but (laughs) no he did it was so sweet it was just it was just it was kind of special it was just the two of us it was really sweet
0: well when you said that my mind immediately went to gosh if he could have just booked a gig right in front of cinderella castle i know full house style it would be fantastic right anyway still still a magical experience right
1: Yes, yeah, it was so fun. Well,
0: that's hard to beat, Katie. That's gonna be hard for the for the other folks that are on <laughs> here the rest of the season. That's a that's Sorry, a kind of friends. a high water mark. Yes. Hey, <laughs> okay, so all right, so not to give away any of your tips, tricks, or super, super secret things, just in general. If you have a mm-hmm. one go-to park tip that you give somebody, yeah, what is that go-to park tip?
1: Uh, know your transportation because yep. I hate waiting in bus lines and I want to know how can I get back to my resort quicker? How can I get to the park? Mm-hmm. Quickest.
0: It's a maker. It's a maker yep. break. It's yeah. one of those hidden things.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I'd say know your transportation, know where the Skyliner goes, know what resorts are connected, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And never get on a bus.
1: Correct. If you That's don't have to. one tip. Yeah.
0: Unless you just, unless you just have no other option.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Completely.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we talk the same language here. Yes. The um uh, do you have any kind of any theme park goals, bucket list items that that you kind of want to check off at some point?
1: I, I eventually we'll see when this happens. I would like to go to all of the Disney theme parks throughout the world, okay. but we'll see.
0: Which ones have you been to besides? Have you been to any besides Disney World or Disney? No,
1: I have been, not. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Land this year, and it just wasn't okay. in the cards. It didn't happen. Um, so I'm hoping I'll get to Land next year.
0: Okay, All uh, right, You got to make it out to Disney Sea at some point. Yes, yes, got to. Yeah.
1: There's so many fun things coming to all of the parks around the world. So,
0: so on that front, or on that on that note, we talk about just like keeping up with what's happening at the theme parks. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you watching? What are you looking at?
1: Oh gosh, I would say truly just like the Instagram bloggers. I okay. I don't post as much myself anymore. I used to when I was so heavy into Disney, um, yeah. but just keeping up with different different bloggers and just watching what they share, and then also just again as a travel agent we get emails when things drop so getting an email when things are dropping and when news is happening is pretty good too
0: who are those creators that you're following on it on on the socials
1: um i would say um who are my favorites uh theme park millennial jeffrey really like his content yeah um he's my favorite on instagram There's, this is so bad. Oh my gosh. There's so many others that I just have like favorited on Twitter and I just get like their push notifications.
0: So let's go to your, um, what we would call your, your social media origin story here. Tell me, did kind of your involvement in, in social media, did that kind of begin with the travel agent thing or were you a heavy poster before?
1: No, I was a heavy poster before. um, And I think it was just more so just, I just found it fun, like lifestyle content and just sharing my day-to-day life and that sort of thing. Um, And then once I was going to Disney a bunch during COVID, I would always share my, like intensely on my stories, what we were doing, how we were conquering the parks. So I think that really, like, it sparked a good following because people like to know what other
0: people are doing. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What kind of bump did you get with that kind of content?
1: Um, So I would say it really came from, different influencer friends sharing my page um and then just other friends just like hey she posts really good disney content like she's always sharing what they're doing there and people always want to know what other people are doing so just constantly sharing the days and like hey we had this drink at august this is how much it costs like people love knowing that little stuff
0: i understand yep let me go let me dig in on something real quick the you mentioned you're in like some influencers sharing your sharing your profile sharing your content Yes. Yeah. Who were these people? Were these people that you knew from previously or were just kind of out of the blue kind of thing? Or how did that work?
1: So a lot of them were just uh, like gradual relationships that I built. And a lot of them, sadly, are no longer active because they've, you know, being an influencer, it's a lot of work and it's too much upkeep for a lot of people. Um, So a lot of them, it was just like gradual relationships and just messaging on socials. And uh, there's one influencer in particular that I have literally never met, but I book so many trips for her and just We just talk all the time and that's, that's it. Like we just talk on social media.
0: So it's really no different than, than life, right? Correct. Yeah. Building Mm -hmm. that, building that friend network. Yes. Yeah. What is the, so I know we kind of briefly hit on this earlier. What's the role that social media plays in your travel business?
1: I would say it's completely essential. It's completely essential. If you ask anyone in my agency, they say, you know, I've got one of the strongest social presences of our whole agency out there because it's just, you have to be consistent and you have to be showing yourself and you have to show up every day. That's how people, a lot of people judge someone's business. Like I know that when I was looking, when I look for services, I go to someone's social media before I do any other Googling. So your, your social media is your storefront. That's literally your brick and mortar. That's how you show yourself. So for me, coming into travel, it was a no brainer. Like, Hey, I have to build my social media. Like my husband knows that I have to, I'm going to take a video of him doing something and I'm going to post it because it's just, it just, people want to see your life and I love sharing my life. So it's totally just as equal of what kind of playing field are you on?
0: Well, this is a good time to kind of break out and, and, um, talk about what, what platforms you're actually on. So, so when I, when I say Katie Lynn Reynolds, tell me, tell me what all platforms you're on. Tell me where you're where you're involved at, kind of how that breaks down.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Instagram, I'm the most active there. I I think I'm like an elder millennial in that way. way. Um, (laughs) Instagram stories, they're always updated. My Instagram stories do go into Facebook. So my Facebook, my personal Facebook, I do share a lot on there as well as my business page. I'm dabbling in the TikTok world. I have a couple of videos that have gone viral, but I'm very Mm -hmm. bad at keeping it up to date. Okay. So those, I would say TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook are the three biggest.
0: Okay. Tell me kind of what um, what platform do you get the most business from?
1: Instagram, hands down.
0: That's really interesting to me because yeah. I, I just absolutely thought you would say Facebook.
1: I think Instagram is more popular among the elder millennials because, I mean, I'll open TikTok every once in a while and scroll it. But for mm-hmm. Instagram, it's more of like a trust building. So you're building more of a stronger relationship on Instagram especially if you're showing up every day, because yeah. people are going to click on your profile and you're going to immediately come up. If you're someone that they click on daily and they watch your stories, you're going to show up every day in their feed. So for Facebook, it's a little more algorithm hit or miss. And then for TikTok, it's whatever the for you page is pushing at you. So for Instagram, it's more of a relationship building and a trust relationship more than anything.
0: I understand. Do you feel like social media has kind of impacted the way you interact with your clients? Are your clients more, are they more knowledgeable?
1: Um, I'd say so-so. Um, okay. I'd say interaction-wise, my clients love that they'll tag me and I'll share their things. Um, so for example, like today, I had, I had Honeymooners arriving Cancun. They tagged me in their story. They didn't even text me. They just tagged me in their story. They know I'm going to see it. Um, and then I know that they're at their resort, that sort of thing. Um, but when it comes to like being educated, I feel like a lot of people, they, they try to be. And I mean, that's great. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of what my job is, is firsthand experience. So I have clients that will ask me about a specific resort, resort and i'm like uh yeah it looks good in photos but i've been there and i would not book you there so it's yeah. kind of like a what are you going to believe situation
0: well that's this is a a good segue to talk just in general about kind of your thoughts on the state of we we're, i mean we're talking theme park social media content but specifically theme park travel agent content
1: yeah, so I feel like a lot of creators, a lot of a lot of them have scaled back, which is understandable. Things are expensive, flights are expensive, um, so I feel like a lot of people have kind of burnt out a little bit on the Disney Disney buzz a little bit. I feel like uh, pre COVID and during COVID, Disney was huge in the niche, um, but I feel like a lot of creators are branching out into other things. So, for example, like Michael does dis. Michael is so big, and I feel like he's kind of branched out into other things too. So, I feel like kind of knowing that you're gonna you could burn out from one niche is just a smart idea. Like get something else in your back pocket because Disney at the end of the day is still going to be our, our favorite thing and our thing that we come together for. But everyone does still want to see different things in your, in your feed and in your interests, that sort of thing.
0: So that's interesting. I, I didn't know if that you might dilute your brand expanding, yes, but you yeah. might not burn out in the process. So it's kind of, <laughs> you yes, yeah, yeah, the there a little bit, but you it feel is. like, not being completely niche it is still doable and it doesn't really hurt completely. your business you haven't seen anything yeah
1: no no not at all and i feel like too like for example i just went on the disney wish that was a whole brand new disney experience for me that i feel like a lot of creators have not capitalized on like i feel like i've barely seen any creators you know showcasing the ships of yeah. disney cruise line where that is a whole new brand and niche of disney that is very rarely explored like i went on the wish and there were Maybe we were actually it was a media trip and there were only two other creators there that were specifically Disney niche that I at least interacted with.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of Disney cruise line content I see is more YouTube focused.
1: Yes, yeah. A lot of it is YouTube focused. And I feel like there's so much to do with just stories and you know, exploring the ship. And when I was sharing my stories, I had so many other I, I gained so much of a following from that yeah. trip because people were like, Oh, no one ever stories on the wish. And I'm like, Yes, we know that Wi-Fi can be hit or miss on these cruise ships. But at the end of the day, like if you're not showcasing at all, what are you doing? You know?
0: Yeah, and it's a it's that aspect of Disney. Same thing with like Adventures by Disney, mm-hmm. Disney Alani. It's not there's just not as much content saturation correct. there as, yes. as there are in the parks. It's not as accessible as the yes, parks are.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's not it's not as accessible. And I think that right there, the cost plays a factor. I'm sure it's expensive, mm. um, but it is something that's untapped. It's a totally untapped market, in my opinion.
0: What are some trends you're seeing in social media uh, today that you're locking that you're disliking?
1: Um, I like the quick videos. I like quick and to the point and I dislike the whole aesthetic vibe because I'm a mess. I'm going to be honest. My videos, nothing that I post <laughs> is going to be consistent because one day I'm going to like yeah. one filter and then the other day I'm going to like another filter. So I think the, I think so the it's more, it's point, more about
0: this. It's more about the information. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. It's more you. about
1: the information and just get it out there, get it, get it posted. No one cares if it's pretty or not.
0: So we, we talked about this briefly earlier and do you feel like you know your audience at this point on, I guess in this case, Instagram? Let's let's just let's just focus on Instagram.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I would say my audience is primarily, I'm gonna say 25 to 35, some a little yeah. older, mainly female and mainly either uh, childless millennials or they are moms because of it's just like I, I feel like it's kind of split in the middle because there are so many childless millennials like myself that we just want to spend our money having fun. But then you've got the mom side who are like, okay, we're either going to book a family thing or we're going to book like a mom's gone wild sort of situation.
0: Let me, Um, let me ask you this real quick. I know we briefly touched on platform strategy before. Is it a situation where you pretty much post everything to Instagram and just let it flow over to Facebook or do you kind of tailor content to Facebook?
1: Yeah, I will tailor content besides stories. So stories will go from Instagram to Facebook automatically. Um, But Otherwise, posts are tailored because my Instagram community, they want it short and to the sweet and to the point. Whereas Facebook, my like my mother and like my aunt, they want to read a longer paragraph, but also short and sweet to the point to where it's not a condensed paragraph. So you kind of have to play some formatting there, but definitely tailor. And, you know, my Facebook, I'm not going to post like a bikini picture on a cruise ship and on Facebook. But on Instagram, I feel like it's suitable there. So you really have to figure out what audiences where and where your niche is going to land better at.
0: So when you get ready to post something, what influences that content primarily? Oh, I am a whatever happens happens
1: kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no rhyme or reason just get it out there. So like yeah. last night I was laying in bed and I, I watched this reel and I was like, you know what? I, I have a really good video that would go with that reel, go with this okay. like sound. So I just put a reel up and I was like, this is probably going to tank cause it's 11 o'clock at night, but I'm going to put it up anyways. So really just like, content is content at this point. And I feel like I understand. so many people try so hard to curate their feeds and it's like, no one, truly no one cares. Like if I click on someone's curated feed, I'm like, I hope you're paying somebody a pretty penny to do that. Cause I don't have the time for that.
0: So it really is more of a quantity kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. As far as what's effective, not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, maybe, may, maybe, you might say on some of those things, is not exactly what I want to post, but
1: right. it, it, yeah. it,
0: it makes sense too.
1: correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just, it's getting it out there.
0: What does your promotional strategy look like?
1: Um, pretty much just lives on social media. Um, I will put some like pop-ups on my website, but I feel like social media is really the biggest driver. Um, and when it comes to that sort of thing, it's more so just natural. It's whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And, you know, sometimes companies will come to our agency and say, hey, can you promote this? And it's like, well, I want to promote what I'm feeling in that moment. So I'll really share things more so in the moment and not pressured, if that makes sense.
0: I understand. Do you get a lot of business from your, from your site?
1: Yes. Yeah. But it's more, it's more people that Google me. Um, but you no, can kind of see where no. you can see where, where it's like, where leads come from. So more so Googling and then people that Google a uh, travel agent in my city. So a lot of them do end okay. up being local. Um, but really it's just a crapshoot in that realm.
0: I understand. What kind of engagement strategy do you have? I know you talked about kind of building your network.
1: Uh, not necessarily because I do not like the cold calling aspect of sales. I think cold calling okay. is one of the most insulting ways of sales. Just because sure. if someone's interested in your product, they're going to buy an emotion. So you want to emotionally connect with that person and make sure that they're ready for that that purchase. So I will not DM my clients unless they DM me, really um and when it comes to kind of you know latching that lead i do as a travel agent i do charge fees so i do have a fee structure in place to where my clients do have to pay a planning fee to even work with me so that does throw off some people they're like travel agents are supposed to be free well at the end of the day you like to get paid and you go to work go to work i want to get paid and i go to work so just kind of assessing that trade-off and making sure clients are aware of that as well and i try to communicate that frequently on my stories because people want to buy from people that they trust. So building that level of trust and stating like, Hey, you see me posting all of this. Keep in mind, I don't get paid unless you book with me, but Hey, my time is worth just as much money as yours is.
0: Yeah. I get that is the, um, so talking about your, your content and feedback, you may get from Mm -hmm. your content. Um, how do you manage that feedback? Do you get a lot of negative feedback? Anything like that? Do you have, Uh, um, how do you deal with that?
1: Not, or no, not really. Or is that even a thing for you? I feel like it's not really a thing. I feel like a lot of... um. So like yesterday, actually, I just shared about my weight loss journey. And I feel like my messages have been blowing up. So yeah. I feel like just being that authentic and just sharing true life and being vulnerable is just the best feedback you can truly get. Um, Because that's people... Like I said, people buy an emotion. They buy from people they trust. So... And I, I'm just a vulnerable human in general. Like I'm no TMI, like there's nothing, no boundaries there. So when it comes to negative feedback, I mean, of course, if someone's going to say something, they're probably not going to say it to my face because if they're going to say it to my face, I'm going to own up to it. I'm going to say, okay, sounds great. Don't care. Like move on with your day. And I think that's one of the strongest things that a creator can do is just move on from the negativity and don't, don't bask in it and don't let it affect you.
0: What are the biggest challenges that you found in creating, um, creating your content whether that's theme park content travel just general travel content what are some of the kind of the those pain points and how do you deal with those
1: i I would say just getting content created in general um i would say taking content that is built up in my phone and just getting it out there that's been really hard just because i mean i'm on the road 20 out of 30 days a month as a travel agent so you know i capture all this content and then getting it out there is what's really hard and i feel like even just sitting down to just get a reel out, it, it does take five minutes, but it takes a lot of thought of does yeah. this look okay? Is this actually going to sell? That sort of and is there like a trending sound I need to put with it? Like that sort of mindset is really hard to get over for a lot of creators and I completely struggle with that.
0: I feel like you're constantly behind on that? Or do yes. you try do you try to kind of do you have any kind of schedule that you kind of say, okay, I am gonna I'm putting something out regardless?
1: Yeah, yeah. I really try to get out at least two to three reels a week and just tell myself whatever I see trending, I'll just throw something on it. Um, but when it comes to like curating it, unless my agency can specifically like asks me like, hey, can you curate this? It's yeah. it's kind of a struggle. I understand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Where do you see um, just in, if we can just zoom back for a second? Um, yeah. Where do you kind of see theme park? Social media content um, going in the future. Where would you like to see it? I know you said you see a lot of that kind of that kind of niche kind of slowing down a bit and kind of broadening. Do you do you think that that will continue or how, what do you what are you seeing?
1: I think I think it will get better and bigger as new things come. So I think it's just a little bit of a burnout from you know everything same old same old. So I think as new new things come and evolve in the parks, I think it will come back. But I think right now there's just so much same old, same old, whereas, you know, during the 50th, we had all the excitement. So I feel like it's it's just a little bit of a a stagnant right now. Um, But I do feel like things will bounce back, especially in the next couple of years as everything opens at Magic Kingdom. You know, they're talking about all the expansions and all of the parks like Animal Kingdom. So I think it's I think it's bound to come back, especially because people want to know all of the things. So. I think as that happens, creators are going to find their find themselves making more and more from hits and views as things start to come back and especially reopen and open new things.
0: You know, it feels like to me, you you may disagree, but it feels like the popularity just from when I was a child till now, the popularity of theme parks is is I mean, it just seems like it just continues to grow. It just, just general popularity. What what are what are some of the what do you feel are some of the kind of the downsides to that? Uh, are, I, are there any? Is it all upside?
1: There are upsides. I feel like we see post COVID revenge travel. Everyone wants to go somewhere. Everyone wants to make their dreams come true and they want to see that thing on their bucket list. But the downside to that is pricing. I feel like pricing is through the roof. A lot of things are unattainable for the average middle class, but the good side of that is that there are some good promotions that are launching at different places, and as of right now, I mean, you do have the ability to do payment plans with different like parks and brands and sort of things. So yeah. I'd say as well, just making sure your travel agent knows that you're getting the best bang for your buck, because you know I could sit here and tell a client you should stay at the Contemporary when, in all reality, if they're like me, they're going to want to s- save their money and stay at Pop probably because it's just it's I I think Pop is just as nice and yeah, it's a little bit more of a trek, but you're going to save you know six grand in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're finally seeing I mean uh, we saw the just the you know the crazy demand. Yes. And it seems it seems like and obviously the discounts that we're seeing from the parks kind of it's kind of coming back to earth a little bit.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it um, I think it'll taper out a little bit, especially as we see these spring promos coming out.
0: So you travel a lot, as we've said. Yes. Um kind of compare what you see from just a general travel perspective and other destinations outside of theme parks with with the theme park experience. Is it, is it a great value relative to other destinations you can travel? Talk a little bit about that. We, we don't get the opportunity, and I won't get the opportunity on this show, to talk to somebody who's kind of sees it from a more broad perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I think that theme parks are kind of they're outpricing themselves a little bit. So like Disney bringing back the dining plan is one of the smartest moves they can do because families want more of an all-inclusive aspect. Mom and dad do not want to have to worry about paying for susie's juice every morning they want to know that it's paid for and that it's covered and i think that's why so many families have turned to cruising and the all-inclusive world is because it is more of a bundled price so i think with the theme parks bringing like so cedar point has now brought up the all-day dining i think that is a genius idea because you know a mom with three sons taking them to a theme park that's not cheap to feed them but Mm -hmm. if they go to an all-inclusive for the same price they're eating all day so I think the, the dining plans coming back are going to be a big game changer in terms of their sales and what choices families are making.
0: Just because um, I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Why do you think Disney has been so hesitant to, to bring that back? It I seems like such a no brainer kind of thing.
1: It, it does. I think because up until recently when cruise lines got back so heavy in the seas, they were not struggling because if you think about it, cruise lines were requiring vaccines for such a long time. And now they're not. Yeah. So now the cruise lines, every ship is back in the water. They're sailing again, all inclusive resorts. They've got crazy, great promos for families. So I think Disney was like, Oh crud, we should probably do something to draw the family crowd. So I think that was their way of saying, okay, let's bring you back to the parks. There's a reason those promos happen. Promos don't happen because sales are up.
0: Yeah. So a lot of our people that will listen to this are theme park centric, like I said. Um, yeah. But I do want to touch on, on Disney cruise. Yes. Um, you know, A lot of the feedback that you hear is, uh, you know, hey, Disney is very expensive compared to other lines. It is. Yeah. I'd yeah. just like to know from, I guess, from your perspective, is that premium price and is that is that justified? And kind of explain that.
1: I after sailing, I've sailed with all the major brands, and I just sailed Disney last month. I would yep. say yes because if you if you are a Disney fan and you want the Disney magic, um, stepping on the wish was magical. I cried. I actually have a video up on Instagram of me crying. Yep. Um, but it is just a magical experience, and the cast members truly go above and beyond. And having it's like, it's kind of like Disney world on a cruise ship. Like it's all inclusive. You don't have to worry about your next meal. You can go get what you want from the buffet. Like it's so nice in that aspect. Um, but there's truly so much to do and it's so immersive. The shows are phenomenal. There's so much to do, even for adults. Like we found ourselves at the Cove bar a bunch because it was just like, that's just the place to be right now during the mid afternoon. So there's just so much to do. And especially, you know, at Castaway, there's the adults only side, there's all of the water slides and things for kids. There's so much that goes into it. And at other cruise lines, and I don't think people realize this, which is why you need a travel agent that knows the whole package. At other cruise lines, you have to pay for those water slides. So at yeah. Royal Caribbean, you're paying for that water park experience, whereas with Disney, yeah. it's all included.
0: Yeah, and, and so DCL is the only thing we've ever known in my family. Mm -hmm. And so we're, you know, of course we're looking at another booking another one. And it's kind of like, it's the same old question. Do we need to look at other options? I don't feel like, I feel like we'll be disappointed based on kind of our expectation level and what we're used to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with Royal Caribbean's new ships coming out, those will be great. But I think Disney for little kids and for, The price that you get for your dollar, it truly was a great experience, and they've got the kids clubs and all of those sorts of aspects. I mean, we had we I was with my best friend. We did not even have littles, but we still went and saw all of the kids things, and you know, seeing the characters, meeting the princesses, all of that. It just it brings back so many memories, and it's such a new memorable experience for families.
0: It's top top shelf in every way.
1: Yes, it is. In
0: some ways that you wish the parks were like. Oh, completely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what um what's next for you?
1: Yeah, so I would really like to just uh, capitalize more on luxury travel and also the Europe market. So I'm actually going to Italy for the first time in about two weeks. So I'm very excited to go to Europe for the first time, um, and I'm going to Italy. So that'll be super fun. I'm going to see four of the major cities, um, but other than that, I would say just really niching down a little more. Um, I feel like right now I do love Mexico and the Caribbean. I've been to 50 plus resorts in the last two years, but I would say tapping more into the Europe market. I want to get on a river cruise and just getting more into the, the travel that is where the knowledge is. You know, like yeah. what kind of questions are people going to ask that they want to know that they cannot find out Google? That's kind of something I pride myself on is I'm going to know the things that you can't Google.
0: So let's bring this home. Let's go all the way back to Katie, the Disney centric travel planner. Yes. What advice do you have for somebody that's wanting to kind of go down that road
1: i would say uh, be true to yourself and stay organized because it's 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 a wild ride but as long as you're true to yourself and you don't make up this big persona you can do whatever you set your heart to
0: hope you enjoyed listening to katie as always coasters and creators is brought to you by next stop erin travel making disney vacation planning easy free and fun go to nextstoperin.com to get started And if you'd like, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review this podcast. It helps me out a lot. We'll see you next time.